and it's not only in construction, it's, it's everywhere for, for years. It's almost been taboo to talk about mental health and, and even more taboo to say that you have a mental health problem mm-hmm. in fear that you would look, be looked down upon. Sure. That is absolutely not the case. And, and one of the first characteristics we breed out of, out of 597 and the UA is humility. You have to be able, you have to be comfortable and confident to be able to say you don't know something. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. My guest today is the technology manager for the Chicago Pipefitters Local Union 597. Mike Savanovic is tasked with implementing technology inside of the existing curriculum and also oversees the UA 597 technology team, which is a talented group of members who teach several courses ranging from drone certification to multiple levels of Autodesk Revit. Mike constantly looks for ways to innovate our industry and do our part to preserve the future. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. It's really, really good to be here. Yeah, great to have you. Uh, so I wanted to spend most of our conversation kind of breaking down some stigmatisms and, and really touch on a, kind of a, a rather taboo topic in the workplace, and that's mental health. So construction workers have to live with so much uncertainty from what happens after the job's over to you know, what comes, where's the next job going to come from, when's it going to come. Could you start by discussing that what's the, the mental strain and the impact of the job? Yeah, you know, that, that's a, a really good question, Todd. And it's something that uh, is not really talked about it as, as much as it probably should be. There have been recently some, some webinars I've seen on it, which is really awesome to see. But here's the deal, you know, in the trades, and regardless, this is not just pipe fitter specific, right? So uh, we're not just talking about the UA, but we're talking about all uh, construction trades across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a world where our job is to, is to work ourselves out of a job. So our goal to show up on a job site, first and foremost, before anything else happens, is that we're going to work as safely as possible the entire time. So just think about, let's think about that for a second. The stress of being as safe as you can, not only for yourself, but those around you, the entire time you're on the job is one thing you look at. But then mm-hmm. our, our, our goal is to complete that job right the first time. And then we want to do it as effectively um, and ahead of schedule as possible, right? So as soon as we get there, we're working safe and we're trying to complete that job as fast as we can so we can move on to the next one. And that's where that comes in is we don't know when the next one's at. You don't know when it's at, where it's at. Hopefully, if if planning goes right, it it follows right after the completion of the job you're currently on. But Mm -hmm. sometimes that's not always the case. So there's definitely in the back of your mind every day you're showing up to work of, of looking into the future of, hey, how long, how much longer is this job going to last and where am I going to go next? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was doing some, some research on this topic, my, frankly, it was really heartbreaking. Uh, uh, construction is the most at-risk industry for suicide. And I read, um, uh, according to Construction Industry Helpline, that construction, you're six times more likely to die from suicide than from a fall from a height, which is, that was really mind blowing to me. Why do you think there hasn't been greater attention paid to this tragedy going on? You know, that's, uh, 
that's that's a that's another good question and and I think you're going to get a hundred different answers if you ask a hundred different people but um, my my opinion for that matter is that we're very proud of the work we do and and we're very um, we do not want to inconvenience anybody else I guess is what I'm saying when I'm on a job and I'm working I'm concerned about what I'm doing I'm concerned about my safety and my brothers and sisters around me and the apprentices I'm working with. Mm. I, my, my goal at the end of the day, Todd, is to make sure they go home okay and the job gets done. That's all I care about. Now, when that day's over, I'm stressed out. I'm tired. And, and I know that I need to go home and get rest because I have to come back tomorrow morning and get it done. We're, we're, not, we're not doing a good enough job of, of voicing our concerns that, that we, we do need to bring a little more attention to this. We, like I said, we just wanna we just wanna give a good product. We just wanna work safe, and we wanna deliver a good product to our, to the general contractor and, and to the customer. So maybe there maybe there's not enough attention. And and again, this is my opinion. Maybe we're not doing a good enough job of, of voicing our concerns, and, and maybe we need to do a better job of that. But also, maybe that needs to come from the top down. You know, the the owners and the GCs they're doing a lot better job, especially with all the stuff we've been going through lately of really making sure that job site conditions are where they need to be. And, and OSHA really comes in and helps out with that. But mm. I, I think we're, I think we're starting to see that tide push, which is awesome. Uh, but for years, listen, you know, we just, we just wanted to go out there do a job to the best of our ability and come back the next day and do it. Yeah. Well, you know, you talk about it being mentally exhausting at the end of the day. So I, I can, see and get how you're, you're already mentally exhausted. The last thing that you really want to do is, is sit and have a really heavy in-depth right. conversation and, you know, unpack your, your feelings and emotions. You just want to go and kind of check out and, uh, you know, turn the, the brain off and <laughs> think about anything else. Of course. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's a, you know, probably an, an additional stress that is being added into the whole mix too, is that the, sure. The, trying to take the time to well, find the time to talk about it as well would be tricky. Uh, why do you think there's been such a stigmatism placed on, on mental health, especially inside the construction industry? Well, I, and I, you know what, let's, let's talk about mental health in general. Let's, so let's, let's, let's blanket that under the construction industry, but mm -hmm. let's take a look at mental health from all industries. Right. So, um, you look at mental health from the job site, you look at mental health from the office, our, our PMs, our engineers, our estimators, our purchasing agents. Let's take a look at their mental health. Mm -hmm. I mean, start talking about estimating, talk about mental health as an estimator. <laughs> that's, that could be a whole nother conversation, right? But um, and it's not only in construction, it, it's, it's everywhere. For, for years, it's almost been taboo to talk about mental health and and even more taboo to say that you have a mental health problem mm -hmm. in fear that you would look, be looked down upon. Sure. That is absolutely not the case. And, and one of the first characteristics we breed out of, out of 597 and the UA is humility. You have to be able, you have to be comfortable and confident to be able to say you don't know something. Mm -hmm. Because the worst thing you can do is show up on a job site and, and be given a task and say, yep, I got it. And you have no idea what you're doing. That's when you're introducing errors into play. If you do everything the way it's supposed to be done in the right order, 
then, then the, the percentage of something going wrong is almost zero. If you do everything as, as it was intended and it was taught, then there's, there's theoretically no way anything should go wrong. As soon as you introduce an outside variable that goes against the, the order of things as they should progress, that's when problems come in play. Saying you know how to do something when you don't is introducing that variable. So we tell apprentices, hey, if a journeyman asks you, hey, can you take this piece of four-inch pipe? I want you to mark it one foot six from the end. I want you to take an oxyacetylene torch and put a cut on that for me. Give me a nice bevel on there too because we're going to weld that up. Yeah, I got you, no problem. And they've never set up an oxyacetylene cart correctly. They're introducing that variable for error, showing humility. They could say, you know what? It's been a little while since I've used an oxyacetylene setup. If you, if you don't mind just showing me one time, then I'll be able to take it from there. As a journeyman, that's the music to our ears. We love when we hear that because naturally we want to pass on the knowledge we have. Mm-hmm. So getting back to the mental health portion, for years, I think we've been scared to say that we have a mental health problem in fear of what kind of retribution would be brought upon us. That day's over, Todd. Mm-hmm. It's okay to now say, hey, listen, I'm stressed out right now. Well, let's, let's, let's talk. What's going on? I just, there, there's, there's an outside. When, you, when we realize that somebody is in a, a mental state that is not conducive to a safe environment, we're starting to take action on it. And, and a lot of it has to do with conversations like these. We're bringing awareness to it. Like you said, suicide prevention. It's amazing to me, and I, and I, and I, I don't use amazing as a, as a good word. It's amazing to me how high the suicide rate is in construction. It mm-hmm. blows my mind. What are we doing to, to, to mitigate that? It's, it's things like these talks, applied software, a technology company, a software company, having a talk with me about a mental awareness. Five years ago, Todd, that would have never happened. Mm-hmm. And we're having that conversation now. This is what has to happen. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like how you uh, brought up the humility aspect of it too. Uh, and, and humility, not just on the person that has some mental health issues and finding the courage to give voice to that, but I think humility on everybody's part to be able to sit down and, you know, I have a, a thing that I've, uh, has been coming up a, a lot that I find myself saying is uh, you get to know the person behind the employee. And I think when we take time to show that humility, sit down with people and get to know who yep. they really are, not just the worker that they are, not just the work that they're doing, but who they are as a person. I think that that really solves a lot of issues because you're, you give that space to somebody to have that conversation and feel safe to open up and find that humility and courage. And, and, you know, like you say, you know, get to know the person behind the employee, you know, when, when, you know, when I take a look at some of the most successful companies out there and the cultures that are driven in those companies, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have a very successful technology team here in Chicago and I get asked all the time, Mike, how are you guys so successful? What, what's the secret? How do you do it? Well, 
and it's a quote that I've, I've stolen. It's, it's, you know, you don't hire smart people to tell them what to do. You hire smart people so they can tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. As soon as we let that, that go of, um, you know, I'm your superior and, and you have to, you know, follow as I say, that, that's broken. That doesn't work. When you hire people that are a, a very smart team and a, a team that has, that's full of passion and you let them tell you how to be successful, it's pretty easy to find success. When you find out, like you just said, who's the person behind the employee, get to know them. At, you know, have a conversation with them. I think you'd be surprised to see what kind of value add they bring to your team outside of, of what they were originally tasked to do there. Mm-hmm. Have a, have a, go out to lunch with them. Have a 10-minute conversation with them on break. Find out what they like to do for fun. And, and I, think you'll, I think you'll be surprised at some of the answers you find out. Yeah, for sure. How do you think is, is best to go about starting that conversation, uh, especially, you know, around mental health with people in the workplace? Yeah. So that's, it's, it can be a very touchy subject, right? Because sure. it's like, how do I, how do I dip into this without offending anybody? How do I, how do I get into this conversation without maybe furthering any type of stress that they currently have? I don't want to yeah. pour more fuel on the fire, if you will, but I, I think it's as simple as, just saying hello to somebody. And, and if you're on a job site with them and, and you, maybe you, you see something going on there, Hey brother, Hey sister, how are you doing today? What's going on? You know, how was your weekend? Um, what do you like to do for fun? What do you get to know them? Don't just talk about work. Don't just, don't, don't keep it so monotone that you're only talking about what you're there for. Get to know them and, and more importantly, care about it when you're asking them a question. Don't just ask them a question waiting for a response ask them because you genuinely care about them. Mm. And I think once you break down that initial employee employee barrier and they see that, Hey, you know, Mike's a brother of mine or, or she's a sister of mine. And, and, and we really got each other's back. Mm. That's when I think they're going to start to really show, show their cards and, and show you what's going on. Now it's your duty that if you do notice something that might be uh, potentially, you know, something that you need to think about or, or escalate further, that's when the mental awareness needs to come in and we need to act on that. Mm-hmm. A lot of the companies, specifically 597 in the UA, we have employee resource systems that are dedicated to helping our members with in, in times like those. We need That's to great. utilize those more. So have those conversations with them. Don't be afraid to, to get to know these people. Like you said, I, I, I'm going to keep going back to that because that's huge. Find out who the person is behind the employee, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. What are some signs to be aware of that, that you look for? Well, it's, uh, you know, agitation. If, if, mm-hmm. they're, if they're getting agitated for, for something that really shouldn't agitate them, then mm-hmm. something else is going on there. If they're very talkative one day, as, as you probably know, I'm a very talkative person. <laughs> uh, if tomorrow I, I see and I don't say anything to you, something's going on there. Um, you know, and, and listen to your gut feeling. Your gut's going to tell you if something's wrong. I, I, I fully believe in that. But if, if they're agitated, if they anger easily, if they don't want to talk to anybody, if at break time they're sequestering themselves from everybody else, um, if you don't see a smile on their face, I tell all of our apprentices, if you don't laugh at least one time every day, then you're doing something wrong. You're in the, you're in the wrong trade. Yeah. Uh, so no matter what's going on, uh, if, if it's 15 below zero or hundred degrees out, we're in it together. So let's make the best of it. And let's, uh, complain about it afterwards, you know, but if any of those things start to start, you start to see those signs or your guts telling you that 
something's not right with, with Mike over there. Hey, let's go talk to him. Let's take five minutes from what we're doing. Let's go make sure he's okay. And maybe that's all it's going to take. Maybe it's just a, Hey brother, how you doing today? What's going on? You, you don't really seem like yourself. You, everything okay. And you never know. They might just boom, break out to you and say, I need help. Mm. And, and to be able to help them is, is more gratifying than anything I've, I've ever seen. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that really is the exclamation mark on the relationship ability. If you don't have that relationship built on the front side, you're yeah. probably going to miss a lot of those signs that you just 100%. described. There. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so you mentioned, you know, conversations like this is, is good to uh, bring awareness to it, but any other thoughts on, on how to bring more attention, uh, you know, with outreach and, and support in the industry? You know, I just, as we, as the, what we're going through right now is nothing I've ever seen in my life and everybody I'm talking to, it's nothing they've ever seen either. Um, the first thing I think we have to understand is that we're all in this together. Uh, none of us have the answers. So while we're sitting in the back thinking, you know, I don't, gosh, I don't know what to do here. Uh, trust me, the people next to you are probably thinking the same thing. So for me, to bring that additional insight is, is going, I'm going to go back to the humility thing. We have to be able to go to, to anybody we see and say, listen, man, you know, let's have a conversation about this because I think I'm just as lost as you are. Once we let that guard down, once we're, once we're over the feeling of, of that we're scared to approach somebody because we're going to feel insufficient or we're going to feel like we're not valued anymore or, or that imposter syndrome is going to set in, got to get rid of that. Show some humility, have those conversations, go to on, on breaks, go to other trades and talk to them. There's nothing wrong with a, a pipe fitter going to talk to an electrician or an iron worker or, or an operator and, and, and get to know how, you know, get to know what's going on in their world so we can better understand our world. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's all start breaking these barriers down. Let's, let's, let's concentrate on that humility and let's get to know each other and let's move through this thing together. Cause this is, this is nuts. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that you bring up an interesting point there about authenticity, that if you're not being authentic to how you're reacting and feeling and the stress, it's, it's not really fair to expect somebody else to reciprocate and be that authentic and vulnerable and open back up. So you got to kind of lead by example there. What do you think? And I think we agree that if they see you're authentic, it's going to, it's going to, help them become more authentic also. So oh, sure. you, know, you might have to take, you might have to take the first step. You might have to be the one to, to break down that wall. That's fine. Do it, do it. Right. Because what you're doing is in, in the end of the day, you're helping everybody. So it, you know, it's, it's, don't be afraid to take that first step in this situation. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, MEP friends looking for a competitive edge. MEP force is the event for you. It has become the gathering place for industry leaders throughout MEP to come together and learn the new technology trends in prefabrication and more. The best part is that it's all industry led and driven, meaning real people from the trades will be leading the almost 80 breakout sessions. So you will be getting real life practical examples and use cases to take back and implement right away. This year, it's all virtual. So if you register now, you will have access to all the breakout sessions even after the official event is over. 
Go to MEPForce.com to register today and use promo code BTG99 to get your ticket for only $99. That's an almost 80% discount. See you virtually at MEPForce. What do you think has been the impact of COVID during the last few months here? Yeah, so it's, I mean, it, uh, I do a lot of talks in front of people. And one thing I've really been concentrating on so far was momentum. Um, there, there's nothing worse that can happen on a job site uh, than stopping momentum, right? So, and, and that's uh, a, a part of where your software comes into play to really help us out. There's nothing, you know, it, it really stinks when you have six, eight, ten, however many journeymen working on a job, you got them going, everything's going great, and then they run into an RFI, they run into a stop, and they had all this momentum going, and now they stopped because they, they, they hit a brick wall. So now you have to, you know, issue an RFI, change orders, whatever that may be, but to get that momentum going and your crew going and then to stop them, to get that started back up again is a very hard process. It's, it's something that any field leader does not enjoy having to do. COVID was an absolute stop to the momentum that we had. Uh, this was uh, started out with a great year in the trades. Our, our work hours were, were at a record level. And then this pandemic hit us and it just, it just stopped us dead in our tracks. Well, yeah. we had a choice to make. So we could either let it do that or, or move on. So basically what we did was, uh, I know this is going to sound kind of silly, but COVID hit us. We stopped. We issued an RFI. We got some answers and we kept going. Now it took us a while to get the answer for that RFI, but uh, we we just were we're looking at it as a, a minor setback. I don't want to discount the severity of the pandemic and what it's done to impact us and our families. Mm-hmm. Super important and, and a a very big conversation topic, obviously. But we can't let it win. We're not going to let COVID stop the trades from completing our objectives. Mm-hmm. We're not going to let this pandemic stop us from, from building our country and, and boosting our economy. It's not going to happen. You can try, it can try and it did, but it will not bring us down. Mm. So all we did was we hit that brick wall. We hit an RFI, we stopped, we assessed it. We figured out the information. We got the right answers and we moved on. And that's what we're doing. We're putting stricter um, protocols in place with social distancing and hygiene. We're making sure that, uh, you know, we're, we're doing whatever we have to do uh, to make sure our employees are safe. Our brothers and sisters are working in safe conditions and we're getting the job done. We are not going to let this thing stop us. We're going to move on. So we're all still suffering from COVID. We're all still feeling the effects of it. But Todd, this is just a minor setback, brother. We're not going to let this thing win. We're not going to let this thing stop us from who we are. Yeah. Yeah. That resilient can-do attitude is is what I love about the traits, that mentality to come in and just like, no, we're going to make it happen. <laughs> Let's yeah, figure it I mean, we're going to do it. So it's, yeah. uh, it, it's going to happen. That's awawesome. Uh, so, Let's be honest. In the technical, the technology adoption can be another source of of stress and and concern for people, whether it's it's merited or not. Uh, how do you encourage your team to lean into technology and then embrace it? Yeah, it's 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 all about buy-in. It's all about culture. It's uh, if I, I've I've lived it. I, I've lived the integration aspect of going from a full paper job site to 
integrating iPads on a job site with uh, with mobile solutions, right? And there's a, there's a, a you have to get the buy-in from your team. If you know the companies that we work for, the industry in itself is going to progress. We're not going to stop that. We can't stop that. Mm-hmm. They are going to innovate. They are going to find ways to be more effective and productive on the job site. It's up to us to keep up with that or we're going to get left behind. Okay. So from an integration standpoint, how do you make that happen? Well, it's, and and I'll tell you from experience, it's not easy to go to a 40 year member of the trades who got in the trades before I was born. Right. And tell them, Hey, I'm going to tell you how to do your job better. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work. Um, What you have to do is you have to say, brother, sister, Hey, You've been doing it like this for a long time, and you're very good at what you do. You're, you're, you're amazing at it. You're a, profess, you're a true professional at your craft. Here's some new technology that's coming out that's going to help you. It's not designed to replace you. We are not replacing you. This is an additional tool in your toolbox that's going to help you do your job better. If you don't mind, I'd like to take a few minutes and show you what it can do. But then I need to get your feedback on how we can integrate this into our current setup. Mm-hmm. So by not, you're, you're not just approaching them and saying, hey, here's the iPad, you got to use it, see you later. So they're just going to take it and throw it to the side. But when you say, when you get their buy-in, hey, here's the iPad, here's some software we're going to use. Let me show you how it works. But then I need you to tell me how we can use it on the job site today. How would you use this as a foreman? How would you use this as a journeyman? Mm-hmm. And again, getting to know the person behind the employee they might tell you something you didn't think of. They might give you an idea that you haven't yet thought of, but you're getting their buy-in to get this to win. You're getting this buy-in to make this integration work. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest mistake I've seen is people saying, hey, we're integrating this technology on a job site. They either need to get on board or they're going to get left, left behind. If they don't know how to use it, we're going to find somebody that can. That's not the answer. That is absolutely not the answer. You have the right people in place. Get their buy-in on that technology. Let them tell you how to use it. Hire smart people so they can tell you what to do. Get that buy-in together and move forward. You're not going to, and it's not that, I I get it. People look and saying, oh, it's not that simple, Mike. I wish it was. You're going to have wins and losses. You're going to have some technology that they pick up right away, and you're going to have some pushback. But it's about how you leverage that. Build the culture, get the buy-in, build a culture of a team that accepts change, that accepts integration, and you'll be surprised how far you can go with it. Why not take a young apprentice, a young journeyman, who's really good at technology, and have them help that seasoned, uh, that's the word I like to use, have them help that seasoned journeyman, but in, re- in return, that seasoned journeyman can now pass on their 40 years of knowledge to that young journeyman or that young apprentice. It's a yeah. two-way road. So you say, hey, brother, you're, you're running work for us. This apprentice is going to help you learn how to use this iPad, okay? Because they're, they're a young apprentice and they're really good at technology. But I need you to explain to them how a mechanical room works, okay? Can you do that for me? Yeah, I can. When they see that they're still being valued, because at the end of the day, Todd, they're afraid that they're going to be replaced. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what the fear is. Sure. When you can alleviate that and say, they're going to show you how to use the iPad, I need you to start downloading your knowledge into them. Because that's what we do as journeymen and, and, and with our apprentices. Once you can get that culture brought in, Todd, then I think integration is a lot easier to onboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I hear that you're, you're going really a step beyond just getting their, their buy-in. You're pulling them in yeah. and making them an integral part of the process, right. which is huge. Definitely. Yeah. 
they have to be a part of the process. What, what, you know, you can't, you can't be successful without everybody being involved. Mm. It's a team. It's a, it's a team that wins. You have to make sure everybody's on the same page together. Yeah, no, that's great. So you head up the, the training center for local 597. What's your philosophy about the technology that you train on? It's, it's like I said earlier, keeping up or being left behind. Our members are, we are proud to deliver the best product out there. And what I mean by that is we're, we're delivering journeymen and women who are proud of what they do and they want to do the best job that they can. And when they get to the job site, oftentimes they're given an iPad. And if they don't know how to immediately embrace that item, that tool, mm-hmm. then, then, then they're, they're set back a little bit. So it's my job to ensure that our apprentices that are taught at our training center are comfortable using technology that they're going to see on the job site. That's why we have iPads in the classroom. Um, there's a couple of reasons. You know, K through 12 are, are big into technology, Chromebooks, MacBooks, iPads, Android tablets. Go, anybody go ask any, any young child you have or any niece or nephew, uh, they're probably coming home with an iPad. So yeah. we wanted to take that K through 12 model and continue it into our education here at the training center. But more importantly, subliminally in the background, I'm getting them used to using that type of technology so when they get to the job site, they're ready for it. We have iPads here. We, we're teaching our apprentices about robotic total station. We're teaching them that uh, a drone is not just a toy that it can be used for, for safety and job site surveying. Mm-hmm. We're having our apprentices sit into Revit classes so they can get used to seeing what it takes to build, uh, create these drawings that they get on a job site. So it's, it's vital that we integrate technology in our training programs so that when they get to the, when they go to work for the contractor, whatever is given to them, they're ready to embrace it. And, and to see our contractors love it. They, they love that they're, they're getting apprentices and journeymen to the job site. They're spending a lot of money investing in technology and they have the trades that are willing and open and, and ready and able to use it. Huge win. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Evolve MEP, MEP construction software for Revit. Evolve's MEP software for Revit makes project collaboration fast, simple, and more productive, which in turn significantly reduces project risk and cost. Born from the reality of a lack of available skilled labor in the industry, Evolve MEP has transformed the MEP detailer workflow. It's time for MEP to harness the Revit platform to offer seamless collaboration like no other software before it. Visit EvolveMEP.com and let them know we sent you. That's great. Uh, how does Evolve MEP fit into that equation? That's a great question. So we teach our Revit program here, 180-hour um, Revit program. So what, what we like to do is we like to find these unicorns, as we call them. We like to find... Uh, pipe fitters who've been doing this job for 15 or 20 years, and we'd like to teach them how to design. Uh-huh. They've already built mechanical rooms for the last 10 to 15 years. They've built these jobs that, that we're designing over and over and over again. They have the mentality of what it takes to build it. So now we're going to teach them how to design it. And why are we doing that? In, in my, uh, my ever-long effort or quest to find a, to, to have a job with zero RFIs, right? I mean, I know it's... Uh, <laughs> I, we all laugh every time I say that. People are like, yeah, good luck, man. Let me know how this works for you. But what we're trying to do is, is teach them the design process 
so we cannot stop the momentum. Mm -hmm. the, the ultimate goal is to continue the momentum. So what we need to do is, is Autodesk is amazing at what they do. Anybody that says they don't have a good product, I'll, I'll argue that all day long. Revit is very good at what it does, but there are some things that it needs to get better at, right? Mm -hmm. um, Evolve is where that comes into play. Now, and, and, and I'm going to talk about just training for a second. It doesn't make sense for us to train in Revit, our 180-hour program, with 20 add-ons. It, it doesn't make sense because if I get those students used to those 20 add-ons, they're going to go work for a contractor detailing, and they're going to say, hey, I need this, 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 this. And they're going to give them a list of 10 add-ons. They're going to say, well, we don't have that. You're, we, you've just got vanilla Revit. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I don't know how to design in vanilla Revit because I'm used to these 20 add-ons that I've been taught. We've, we've gone away from that model. We only pick a, a, a select few less than three add-ons that we train in Revit, and we've added Evolve as one of those add-ons. We feel that Evolve is a product that is made uh, for the trades. We feel Evolve is an add-on that um, really takes a look at what we do and, and it's going to help us be better designers from, from spooling to hanger placement, whatever it is um, that, e that Evolve does. We've, we've taken a look at the product and we've seen it as, as a must-have um, for a detailer. We've decided to, as our team, and this, is, this isn't me, Todd. This is my Revit instructors, our Revit instructors at Chicago saying, Mike, mm -hmm. we need to add Evolve uh, to our, to our full-time curriculum. And I'm going to be honest with you. At first, I said, no. I said, guys, we have to stick to the, as vanilla as we can. We know that our goal here is not to use add-ons. We want to keep, they said, can't do it. There's, there's a couple that we use. Uh, Evolve has to be worked into our full-time curriculum. They, they, they showed it to me. They showed me why. Uh, they said, we have to teach it. And I'm going to trust them because I believe in the person behind the employee. And I believe in hiring people that are smarter than myself. And Justin Gage, Casey Becker, and Jason Ashburn, the three guys that teach our revenue program, who all detail for contractors in Chicago, um, are, are 10 to 1 better than I am at Revit. So who am I to tell them how to teach the class? They said, Mike, we got to use Evolve in the full-time curriculum. I said, guys, we're going to do it. You got it. That's when I reached out to, to Evolve and, and applied and said, we want to put this in our full-time curriculum. And before I even hung up the phone, they said, you got it. Licenses are on the way. So the fact of how much that applied and evolved has supported the trades is among nothing I've seen with from a lot of other uh, a lot of other software some software solutions out there. So um, we personally feel in Chicago that evolve has to be part of our our full time curriculum, and we're excited to teach it. Well, that's great. Thanks for sharing all that. I'm excited that yeah. evolve is is working out for you guys so well. Yeah, and, it's, and, and I'll be honest with you, you know, our program's broken down into three classes, 60 hours each. We, we go from, uh, and, and just in a quick nutshell, Revit 1 is just getting used to Revit. We're just getting them 60 hours of the program, learning how to design, pull pipes, draw lines, annotate, things like that. Our, our level two course really dives into coordination. Uh, so we teach our members how to coordinate uh, a job and how to sit in coordination meetings and, and do those things. Our level three class is the advanced class. Um, our advanced revenue is where we really, really do our best job to make them um, uh, detailers uh, and, and, be, and be effective in what they do. Our, our third, the last 60 hours is where we really hammer down um, into the Evolve software. And 
And, you know, behind me, you look on the wall and you see a flow chart going on. And a lot of people often say, well, that's, that's a cool screensaver you have, to, you know, to, <laughs> for your, for your zoom background. But what that is, is a student came to us one day and said, Hey, I've gone through 180 hours and this here, here's the humility. I'm going to show you some humility. They said, I've gone through 180 hours of your program and I got hired and I sat down. This was about a year ago. They said, I didn't know what to do. We said, what? And they said, well, I got, I went through 180 hours of Revit. I know how to use Revit mm -hmm. and I'm confident in my abilities there. But when I got hired, I sat down and they said, okay, you got your first job. I didn't know what step one was. And it hit us. We're like, wow, we, we've been teaching them to shoot a basketball at the free throw line the whole time, but we've never taught them how to go up and down the court. Yeah. We never taught them what the other players on the team were. This flow chart behind me takes them from step one of sitting down in the office of somebody saying, Hey, you got the job to delivering shop drawings at the end. And it's, it's a detailed flow chart of, of what they need to do to be successful as detailers mm -hmm. um, using implementing and, and evolve is on that wall back there. So there are ways that we're using the software integrating in the advanced portion of our Revit class and it's been working out really great so far. That's great. That's a uh, really interesting uh, about the, the flow chart that you guys took the time to really map that all out. That's awesome. Yeah, it was uh, it was a, a, a Saturday with four of us here, and it took about ten hours of of just going back and forth and yelling at each other, and <laughs> fighting, and then we got it done though, and, and, it, and it came out really, really well, and we're proud of it. Nice. Uh, well, what are you most excited about the industry moving forward? I'm excited that, and, and this comes from a conversation that Casey Becker and I had. Casey's one of our, our Revit instructors. He says, Mike. There's, there's so much that we see, uh, you know, there's so many solutions on the office side. Mm -hmm. there, there's so many, I mean, Evolve being one of them. Uh, there, there's so many solutions that help the detailer do their job. But once it goes to the field, a lot of those solutions stop. You know, uh, aside from giving the field uh, an iPad and, and maybe Plan Grid or BIM 360 or, or one of those, how else are we supporting the field from a technology standpoint? I, I, I'm, I'm really excited that we're starting to have these conversations now of how we can bridge the gap between the office side and the field side, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and a lot of that is what, what Autodesk is doing with the construction cloud. Um, I was on a call with, with PlanGrid yesterday and some, some new stuff they're coming out with. They're really, a lot of these companies are investing a lot of time and research into communication between the field and the office, getting to know the person behind the employee, showing some humility, showing the field, saying to the field, listen, you've been doing it this way for 30 years, 40 years. Tell us how to do it. Tell us what you need to be successful. Explain to us how we need to, what we need to do to be successful on this job. For years, it's always been delegated from the top down, from, from the engineers and the management in the field saying, this is how you need to install it. Well, why, are we, why do we keep telling the experts, the people who are actually installing it, why do we have to keep telling them how to do their job? I understand you have to have a coach. You got to have a Bill Belichick, right? It's, you got to have a Phil. I'm from Chicago. You got to have a Phil Jackson <laughs> for the Chicago Bulls, right? You have, you know, we also have a documentary with Michael Jordan recently, I'm sure. But you have some of the best players to ever play the game. You think you would just be able to let them go and say, hey, go win some championships. You got to have a coach, yeah. right? And, that, and that's where the office side, that's where the engineers and the project managers, they're the coaches. And you've got these all-star players in the field. But you know what? Michael Jordan went to Phil and said, Phil, this is what we got to do, man. This is how we're going to win this game. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Brady, as we know, tells Bill Belichick often, hey, this is how we got, this is what we got to do, Bill. Peyton Manning did the same thing. Now we're finalists, we're finally seeing those players in the field, the men and women out there who've been doing it for years, coming back and saying, hey, why don't we do it this way? This is what we need to do to keep the momentum going on the job side. We have momentum going right now. We can't let that stop. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and the, the, the coaches are starting to listen. And, and I get chills thinking about it because that just shows how we're bridging the gap between the AEC and the trades. They're starting to listen to the trades. They're starting to see that, hey, they've been doing it this way for a long time. Let's see what they got to say. Let's get to know the person behind the employee. Yeah. That's huge, Todd. I mean, that's, uh, that's something that's really, really going to take this industry to the next level, in my opinion. That's awesome. Yeah, that mutual uh, trust and respect going huge. both ways. That's of course. Great. So how do people get in touch with you? Uh, well, I don't know if my phone number is showing up here, but I have no problem giving anybody out my personal cell phone number, which is area code 219-484-8217. Text me. I love text messaging, or they can reach out to me at mike at ua597.com. Um, I'll, I'll do my best to answer as, as soon as I can. I, things get pretty hectic once in a while, so uh, showing a little bit of more humility, I think. Uh, I, I'm not the best at getting back to people right away. And for those of you out there that are shaking your head saying, yeah, I know, I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. But uh, I do my best to try to, to get back as soon as I can. But send me a text message, uh, shoot me an email, and, and anything I can do to help anybody out, I, I will. That's what I pride myself on. Well, Mike, thank you so much for, for joining and showing humility and uh the, the courage to, to tackle this topic today and uh, be real with it. And, and, and you're welcome. And Todd, I can't think, uh, honestly, I can't think applied enough for, for allowing us the platform to talk a little bit about our story, specifically mental awareness. From 597 to the United Association of Plumbers, Pipefitters, Sprinkler Fitters, to all the other trades out there. I know I can only speak for myself, but I'm confident on speaking on behalf of everyone. When I say mental awareness is huge, we have to start showing humility and going out there and having those conversations. You have to go up to somebody, like you said, Todd, we're gonna say it again, find out the person behind the employee. Take an extra five minutes in the day to to just find out what's going on with them. If your gut's telling you something's there, you have to act on it, Mm -hmm. you have to. And and for a, a technology company, listen, we could have spent 45 minutes talking about Evolve, pulled up a screen share and, and showed some workflows. I get it, but that's not what it's about all the time. It's about us working together and, and, and using this platform to talk about the other things that matter just as much. And, you know, man, I, I, can't, I can't thank you enough for the opportunity. And, and I, I really hope we can continue doing this. Yeah, absolutely. We more than agree. It takes the, everybody in the industry working on it together. Yep. For sure. Well, thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. Anytime. And, Thank you to all those listening. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. Until next time, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Thanks for listening to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Enjoyed the episode? Leave us a rating or review while sharing with your friends and coworkers. 
I'd love to hear from you. Send me a LinkedIn request or follow our LinkedIn page and let me know if there's a topic you'd like to hear. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Bridging the Gap is directed by Todd Wyant, produced by Alyssa Chartier, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software production. Copyright Applied Software 2020.